talk about the Edmonton Elks. They were unveiled this week, the new name for the storied franchise. The old name, now in mothballs and the history books. How does that feel for former greats of the Double E? We have one of them with us this morning. Regular analyst on the 630 Ched Game broadcast, former outstanding offensive lineman, our friend, our buddy, Blake Dermont. How are you doing, Blake? I'm doing great, Daryl. Thanks a lot for having me on. Hey, no problem. Uh, you know, it's great to get an opportunity to, to talk to you about this. And I, I am curious about your perspective. Uh, first off, when did you uh, first find out about the final choice? For the name, when did when did you hear? Did you hear about it like with everybody else, or did you have some inside uh, inside knowledge? Yeah, no, I I heard uh, uh, like everybody else. I had an inkling um, a couple of days before, um, but uh, but the, the actual uh, confirmation was the same as everybody else. Yeah. Probably uh, a little bit before the press conference because there was a little bit of a. Uh, a little bit of a screw up with respect to the merchandising people. Uh, they were operating on the Eastern time, not on the mountain time. Yeah, so it showed up. <laughs> it showed up a little early, but uh, yeah, it was like everybody else. And so, uh, frankly, not surprised that that was the name that was chosen. No. So how did how did how do you how did and how do you feel about the Edmonton Elks? Well, I'm going to have a tough time uh, initially getting used to saying that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, after well, all the, the years, of, the old name has been ingrained in all of us uh, for, for yeah. decades, obviously, right? Right, and, and but I, you know what, I um, because uh, so much time has passed since the announcement was made to drop the name. That um, uh, frankly, I was just glad that there was a name, and we can just move forward. And uh, and I think out of all the names that came forward, I think this was the best one that uh, that uh, they chose. And you know. Uh, no matter, I, I had a feeling, and I was just looking at the newspaper this morning that uh, in the comment section that it didn't matter what was picked. There was always going to be people, a certain number of people that weren't going to like it. Some are going to love it. Some are going to uh, hate it, and some are just going to be indifferent to it. And and uh, but I, frankly, I, I think that it, of all the choices, it's the best one. Yeah, and and then it's a matter of time to move on. Have you had any conversations with other alums and, you know, have you guys had, uh, you know, picked up and talked to a buddy and said, what did you think about it? Or, you know, what have those conversations have been like? Yeah, we've had those conversations and, you know, and you, you can imagine that, uh, that there's, there's, uh, for some of the guys, uh, there's still a, a feeling of, of, uh, of, you know, a loss, uh, but, but that's a few and far between, you know, being involved with the, uh, the alumni association, you know, we've, we've come to grips with the name change uh, quite a while ago. And, uh, and for the most part, I think everybody is just moving on with it and um, and just happy that there's going to be football again this, uh, this season. Yeah. Hey, Blake Morley here. I, I want to ask you from the perspective of being uh, a part of the great history of this franchise over the years, not only as a player but as a fan going, going back a long way as well. Uh, they kept the green and gold in the rebranding. They kept the double E as part of their rebranding as well. How important to you as a former player is that that they still have that link with the past? Well, not just as a former player, but as as a fan, I think that's really important. You know, that the uh, that that link is uh, the name has been synonymous with with success in the league for the last, let's say, forty fifty years. And um, to completely uh, move away from that uh, might have been uh, might have been a mistake. So I think I think the organization did a nice job of being able to to uh, to move forward with that in the past, and uh, and also uh, you know a bright future going forward. And and with respect to talking, with, you know, some of the players, I'm I'm actually going to be on the um, the golf course later on this afternoon with uh, with a few guys, and and uh, we'll get an opportunity to to discuss it uh, you know firsthand. And, and I, as I said, I think most guys are are fine with it. They're they're moving on. You know, for us, 
um, you know, f- from a personal standpoint, it's it's going to be one of those things that's difficult because I, you know, I'm I'm an alumni of the club. I never played for the Elks, <laughs> but I played for the club. So, so uh, you know, there's a, a little bit of mixed emotion. But uh, no, I'm 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 happy to see from from the organization standpoint. You know, my my kids tried to get onto the site when it was announced, and within a very short period of time, they said that the site had crashed. So there's a lot of interest in people buying merchandise and. Uh, and I, uh, I think from a, you know, a cash-strapped league and a, a league that relies on revenue, uh, this is a great opportunity for the organization to be able to get a boost into the coffers with, uh, with selling uh, all kinds of gear. And I, I, any time that uh, you know, financially the club can benefit from, from something like this, then I, I think that's a great thing. GoElks.com is the spot to go if you want to have a look at some of the merchandise, which, uh, as you said, Blake, has been going really quickly. Uh, and I guess that's a good sign. What do you think of the logo? I like it. I like the I like the helmet, which has uh, which has the antlers on it, which is a real a real different look, especially for a CFL team to have something other than their primary logo on their helmet. Yeah, you know, and and I think one of the things that makes it easier for fans is that over the last number of years, 20 years, well, even well, since I was playing 25 years, teams have started to incorporate things like a third helmet and a third jersey. So so uh, teams and organizations, professional sports teams all over North America are getting used to having something a little bit different. And when that something different comes out, it becomes very popular and people buy it like crazy. And, and uh, so I think having the antlers, and, and as I think you mentioned uh, yesterday on, on uh, the radio, that they, there's still going to be games where they'll probably have the helmets with the EE on it, and, and but they'll be like a third jersey. And I, I think I think in, in today's times, fans are much more open to something like that. So yeah, any kind of thing new, uh, the fact that there's going to be antlers on it is is uh, is. Uh, going to be interesting it'll be a little bit different and uh, people might have a little t- a tough time getting used to it but i think once they see it they're going to be happy with the look that the, the club has put forward uh curious about your your point of view on this I've, I've said to a few people that uh that the new name as compared to the old name allows us to have a little bit more fun with the name and the ident- that identity in itself. So anything from, you know, you can start wearing, you know, foam antlers or you can play or you can do Elks Charge and all that. It, 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 it almost becomes a little bit more interactive. There really wasn't much you could do with the old name uh, in that way. Uh, do you agree with that? And is this the part of that opportunity to move forward and maybe get a younger demographic involved because it can be maybe a little bit more fun? Well, I think that's the biggest reason why it took so long. I was talking with uh, one of our one of my friends, a former player, is on the uh, the uh, board of directors, and and he said that was the biggest thing that they were looking at was to come up with some kind of a name and logo where they could have multiple opportunities for marketing and and for people to be more interactive with. And and I think the club, that's one of the reasons why it took as long as it did, was they wanted to be able to explore every possible opportunity to see what was going to be best for for uh, the city, for the organization, and and for the team and i think that again you know i i think they did a nice job in in recognizing that and uh and giving uh, fans an opportunity to have uh, you know multiple different ways to celebrate the club and 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 the team and and uh, that's that's the most important thing you know when you're a community-based club you got to make sure that the majority of the people that are supporting you uh, or most of the people that are supporting you are are behind you and and on board and going after a younger demographic i think is, is something that has been talked about within the cfl for a number of years that's so critical that that's what they have to approach and uh, i think this is a great start
And now we got to get that excitement into Commonwealth Stadium again. I, I know I really felt it this week, Blake. I don't know about you. We've been talking so much football, and, and, and now we're all looking forward to getting on the field in 2021. And it looks like that is moving forward as planned, hopefully for August 5th. Uh, has this week kind of got you more excited to watch some football again? Absolutely. You know, I, I just just the fact that, uh, you know, the the, uh, you know, the COVID numbers are, are seem to be dropping and the, the excitement for everybody within the city to be able to get out and do things and, and get away from the computers in their basement you know, <laughs> and, just, and just be part of society again, I think is the big thing. And, and the, the, I know that they, they, they didn't uh, they didn't plan this for the. Uh, uh, you know, for all the things that have happened around it in the last couple of weeks, but I think the timing of this announcement has been very good, and and uh, they the club has done something right because um, they've over the last year have been criticized for a couple of a uh, couple of things that have happened, but but I think this uh, overall has been very very positive. It's going to be really interesting to see as the players come back on the field. <laughs> Many of them have not played, you know, because there's an entire season missing. Is how do you get how do you get yourself in enough shape that you don't get yourself hurt, that you have some timing, all of that kind of stuff can 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 you uh can you visualize in your own head just what they're going to have to go through in order to get from point a to point b well you know daryl when uh when uh, uh when i was playing and and uh when you were at training camp <laughs> yes i was <laughs> it was a little different you know i mean back then you know if we had this kind of a break it might have been just a catastrophic for some guys to be ready but Today's athlete is is so much different. You know, they they have uh, they would have known um, uh, at least uh, a month and a half ago that yeah. there was going to be a season. You know, and guys have started to prepare, and, and guys would have been ready last year too. I mean, you don't it, gone are the days where six weeks before season you decide you better get out and run a couple of laps out in the woods. Uh, you like these guys have been training all year, and I, I don't think from a player standpoint that this is going to be. Um, it's going to be difficult for them to be ready for the season. I think that, uh, uh, you know, it, it, over the last 30 years, teams have gotten used to operating on a, a year-long calendar. But for the coaches, I mean, these aren't guys that have just picked up a clipboard. These are guys that are career coaches. These guys know how to be able to prepare teams. And, and, and in the CFL, when you've got, you know, limited rosters and uh, with, with injuries and they got to bring players in, you got to be ready. you got to be able to get guys ready very quickly. And uh, I think that... Uh, I don't even think that's going to be an issue. I think guys are going to be excited. And frankly, you know, as a professional getting paid to play the sport that you love to do, it isn't going to matter what logo's on your helmet or what, what's on your back when you when you get into training camp. Uh, I mean, that that's something that grows with you the longer you've been there, the pride and everything that you have. But uh, and when guys get to training camp, they're just going to be fired up to play. It's all about the football at that point. Get at it. Uh, for people who don't know, I did a I did a, a feature uh, in 1990 where I was. We called it Weekend Warrior. I went in and I tried out for the Eskimo. Tried out in quotes oh. for the for, for the for the team for two days as an as an offensive lineman. The whole idea of going. I was a big guy, six three. I was about two forty at the time, and so, you know, in regular time, big in that world, ridiculous. Anyway, I had so much fun with Blake and Rod Connup and Trevor Bowles and a bunch of the guys. So that's what he was referencing with. The, with me being at camp. Can I tell that story? I love the story, Daryl. Can I tell it? Uh, oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a yes, apparently. Go. Okay. Well, uh, you know, it was like, I think it was day two. And uh, there, we were in a, a period where we were stretching. Uh, we would stretch as a group. And, and uh, Gary Durchick was the offensive line coach. And Gary Durchick says, okay, go over and grab the bags for the next drill. And 
And uh, Trevor Bowles uh, looked at you and said, Mitch, go get the bags. <laughs> and off you went to grab some bags. And I said to Trevor, so what did you call him? And he said, Mitch, isn't that his name? I said, no. <laughs> his name is Daryl. <laughs> so, so when when you came back, I said, why did you, uh, you know, why didn't you tell him? Mitch isn't my name. He says, I knew who he was talking to. <laughs> so it became, we, we called him Mitch for the rest of the time that he was there. It was, it was hysterical. And that's was, how nicknames uh, get rolling. Well, Trevor Bowles was a big fella. I didn't want to mess with you. You call me whatever you want, my friend. <laughs> that's what I said. That was so much fun. You guys beat, yeah. the, beat the hell out of me. Well, you know, wow. the funny thing about that, that time was that, you know, uh, it, and and you you have a certain opinion, a different opinion of it. But for somebody that hadn't played for as long, I, I think you had played high school or something. Yeah, played there. high school I, football. Yeah. Um, you you certainly, I mean, you didn't look that out of place. The only time you looked out of place was when Mike Walker uh, hit you in the uh, in the one on one. Ran over me like I was a tackling <laughs> dummy. Emphasized the dummy part. But your footwork and your stance and everything else was, you know, you didn't look out of place. So if somebody was watching from, you know, from the sidelines, they would have went, nah, just another old lineman until the one-on-one started. And that was a little unfair because, I mean, we've had years and years and years of practicing. And, of course, Mike Walker was the most dominant defensive tackle in the league for a long, long time. And and they, it was like the sacrificial lamb going up there. And, uh, and we, we felt a little bit bad, but, God, we laughed. Yeah, oh, it was funny. It was very funny. And and overheard in the background somebody going, "Hey, is Mitch okay?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you can call me whatever he likes. Yeah, great memories. And you know what? That ask uh, the the you know, can't, can't get it out of my head. Sometimes team's always been a huge part of uh, part of my life growing up as well. So yeah, uh, go go ahead with the Elks and just enjoy the team and enjoy football. Hopefully, really soon. Yeah. That- that's the plan, and and, uh, and and I think that uh, I think the fans are ready for it. I think the city's ready for it, and certainly the players are ready for it. And uh, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back in the booth with that crowded booth with the, and, uh, Dave and Morley, and and uh, however ten other people that we get in there, that booth can be crammed up like a WestJet washroom. So it's. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Thanks for this. We're gonna have to call that. We're gonna have to call that booth a super spreader booth. Now. Oh yuck. <laughs> That's enough, boys. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Blake. Uh, great chat and great walk down memory lane. Appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.